The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. What do you think of this? away from modern art is one supposed to stand? <laughs> In a case like this, I'd say uh, quite close. Maybe two feet. Then back away slowly until you bump into somebody interesting and then go for a walk in the park. <laughs> Pioneers have always been ridiculed. Someday modernism will be recognized. Well, don't misunderstand. I, I'm not condemning modern painting. I just think this is nonsense. If you like it, fine, I don't. That's because you lack perception and sensitivity to abstract emotional values. Oh, Miss Ware, I think you'd better go back to your office. Good afternoon, you are listening to Simon Tishko here on Resonance 104.4 FM on today's edition of Isotopica, where I return unexpectedly to the theme of last week's show that I ended saying if any further notable celebrities drop dead during the week, then Isotopica would be there. And indeed, Alan Rickman did disappear as they say turned out to be the friend that a friend of mine had been nursing over a period of time and um, I understand her distress now yet it's not Alan Rickman that I return to this week it's actually David Bowie I kind of brushed off David Bowie a little bit last week with a light-hearted 8-bit version of the Thin White Duke's long career and it's only as I considered that edition of Isotopica plus all the other news and the sort of worldwide zeitgeisty wave of grief spreading across the world that I realized perhaps David Bowie was my Princess Diana to an extent that I genuinely feel a sense of loss that tied up with a very close friend going into a psychiatric hospital this week for further tests, as they say, because it's tough all round and I'm not quite sure where my personal sense of grief is coming from and all the many, many reasons I could have for going, I can't, I can't. Daddy, are we there yet? Kind of thing. But anyway, um, so I've returned to David Bowie this week, and as you can hear playing in the background of eight bars from the introduction to Five Years, the absolute classic Bowie song from uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, I've been thinking many things 1970s. 1973 was the year I actually saw David Bowie at the Romford Odeon of all places, my first ever proper rock concert followed quite soon after i think by pink floyd at earl's court where i screamed out and recorded it on my um portable cassette recorder one of those mono boxes with a cassette in it and a play and record button that you had to press at the same time i screamed out at one point between songs 1967 that's what i said and roger waters actually stopped and said no it's not it's 
1974. I thought that was quite major, but unfortunately I'd lost the cassette. And in reality, it wasn't major at all. It was just me stuck up on the 1960s. What's changed? Not that much. So anyway, here we are in another edition of Isotopica, thinking about David Bowie. I can't possibly do a tribute or anything like that because that would just be too crass and not what we do here on Isotopica. But thinking about David Bowie, I've mixed in various vintage medical recordings because not many people are actually talking about the medical side, the medical side rather of David dying. So um, a number of medical bits and pieces, some clips from suitable films and other music from the 20th century that may allude to, feature, or remind somewhat in the distance a little bit of David Bowie. Who knows? It's something anyway. That's what Isotopica is this week. And as usual, you can join in the complex discourse around the issues raised on our show by checking out hashtag Isotopica somewhere on Twitter. Um, or go directly to our website being www.theculture.net where there will be a whole series of photographs of me from the 1960s through to uh, present day comparing myself obviously to David Bowie but there will also be some pictures of David Bowie so you don't have to worry about that anyway as usual it seems to be the theme this year I am rabbiting on far too much I shall step back and suggest you Listen, head held slightly low, hats off to another isotopical edition around David Bowie.
layover before I go to Chicago. How about it? This is the blood bank. If you don't have malaria, hepatitis, or TB, we'd like to have a pint of your blood. This is the message phone company. I see you're using our unit. Now how about paying for it? I staked out that guy only. I didn't work out like you said. Please call me. Room 234, County Hospital. It's George Jones. What'd you do to the head, son? Three fractured knuckles. You hit somebody? Is Mr. Turner there? apparatus designed to deliver a continuous flow of nitrous oxide and oxygen to which ether can be added as required. This diagram shows the general working of the machine. For the sake of simplicity, we are removing the spare cylinders, leaving one cylinder of oxygen and one of nitrous oxide. The carbon dioxide cylinder can also be disregarded and so can the chloroform bottle, which is often provided. Nitrous oxide is represented here by a white dot. The gas flows from its cylinder through the lead to the flow meter. The symbol for oxygen is a white ring. This also flows to the appropriate flow meter. Here are the two gases flowing together as far as the meters. Next, they pass through their respective flow meters. The rate of flow is adjusted by thumb screws at the bottom of the flow meters. It is indicated by the height of a floating bobbin on a calibrated scale. The reading being taken from the top of the bobbin. The nitrous oxide scale is marked in litres to 10 litres per minute. The oxygen in cubic centimetres to 2 litres per minute. And the carbon dioxide in cubic centimetres to 1.5 litres a minute. The oxygen flow meter is fitted with a bypass. When the tap is turned on, large quantities of oxygen are delivered under pressure. The volume of blood ejected by this living pump has long been the subject of interest. One early attempt to measure its output was made by the Reverend Stephen Hales, soon after he became Vicar of Teddington in 1710. Having bled a sheep to death, I fixed a musket barrel to the pulmonary vein near its entrance into the left auricle. Then placing the barrel in a perpendicular posture with a funnel on the top of it, I poured in melted beeswax. 
This perpendicular height of melted wax, which was near four feet, would not have filled the auricle and ventricle if I had not at the same time taken care to pass a small brass pipe through one of the ascending branches of the aorta into the left ventricle, through which the air passed off as the wax entered into the ventricle, the brass pipe being at the same time gradually drawn up by an assistant. I was by this means assured of the force with which the injected cavity of the heart was dilated, which is more uncertain with a syringe. This dilating force continued acting uniformly until the wax was grown stiff and hard. Then taking out the wax which was formed in the shape of the ventricle, this is the proper cavity of the left ventricle just before its contraction. This piece of wax thus formed may reasonably be taken to be nearly commensurate to the quantity of blood received into this ventricle at each diastole and it then propelled into the aorta at the subsequent systole. The sheep was three years old and weighed 91 pounds a line. Its pulses beat 65 times in the minute. The capacity of the left ventricle of his heart was equal to 1.85 cubic inches. Our bleeding teams go out to towns and villages and collect up to a ton of blood a day. An important part of our day's work is preparing taking sets for bleeding and giving sets for transfusion. All the separate parts of each set have to be cleaned and the needles resharpened every day. The parts are then linked up with rubber tubing, checked, wrapped in cellophane, packed in tin boxes and sterilized. This work is done by VADs and RAMC privates. The taking sets are then ready to go out with the bleeding teams the next day. The giving sets are clipped to the side of each bottle of blood sent out of the depot. The ether bottle is surrounded by a can into which warm water may be poured. The water should be not hotter than 90 degrees Fahrenheit or the ether may boil. As ether is vaporized, it cools and the concentration of vapor falls. This water jacket delays cooling. Now assemble the corrugated rubber hose, the expiratory valve, and anchor piece. Slip the harness ring over the face mask and fit the mask into position. Then adjust the tension of the expiratory valve. Lastly, you should see that the rubber harness is at hand for use later on. You are now ready for the patient. If you feel his pulse before beginning, it'll give you a standard for comparison later. Make sure that he has had the correct premedication and that the record of preoperative examinations is in order. Hello, Mr. Student. Hello, Dr. Rice. Glad you came. I hoped you would. I realise you've made certain assumptions about me. 
I can see the flash of an x-ray camera. It's blinding. Why'd you come here? Where I come from, there's a terrible drought. We saw pictures of your planet on television. We saw the water. In fact, our word for your planet means planet of water. You watched it all on television? Where exactly do you come from? Well, I'm not an astronomer, but... Somewhere down there. Are you the... The first? The first one. Is it? I've always been visited. On my own planet, we found evidence of visitors. You must have seen them here. No, I don't think so. Well, I've seen them. I've seen their footsteps in their places. I've seen those things, but I've all seen them. That's for theorists. I'm a scientist. I'm not a scientist. But I know all things begin and end in eternity. What are you going to do? You mean, Dr. Bryce, what's in my mind? Yeah. What's in your mind? Don't worry. I don't want to hurt you. There seemed, however, to be no way in which the problem could be solved in intact man until Fick outlined a possible method of approach in 1870. All the blood pumped by the right side of the heart passes through the lungs where it becomes fully oxygenated and bright red. In any individual resting man, the rate of oxygen uptake is fairly uniform, say 240 cubic centimeters per minute. When bright red, fully oxygenated blood is flowing quickly through the tissues, each unit volume of blood will give up a little oxygen, represented here by one tiny bubble per corpuscle. As it does so, it becomes slightly dark in color. This blood returns to the right heart and then passes through the lungs, where each unit volume will only take up a similar small amount of oxygen in becoming saturated. This is shown again as one tiny bubble of oxygen to each corpuscle. If we imagine that this small uptake of oxygen is 40 cubic centimeters to each liter of blood, and the lungs are in fact taking up 240 cubic centimeters of oxygen per minute, then six liters of blood must be flowing through the lungs in a minute, and this is, of course, the cardiac output. If the blood is flowing through the tissues at half this rate, the oxygen needs of the tissues would only be met if each unit of blood gave up twice as much oxygen. Diagrammatically, each corpuscle gives up tiny bubbles of oxygen, and in doing so, the blood becomes much darker in color. Each unit of blood, now arriving at the lung, takes up twice as much oxygen as before in becoming fully saturated. Diagrammatically, each corpuscle takes up two tiny bubbles in becoming fully oxygenated. 
He then walked to the X-ray room and arranged a mirror in front of the screen so that he could follow the passage of the catheter into his own heart. Here is the actual radiograph taken at the time. He felt nothing and there were no ill effects. Later on, I passed the thicker catheter.
and significant contact with the atmosphere the is protected by adding a layer of gasoline you must be prepared to raise the proportion of oxygen. The sample is then stirred under the paraffin to ensure that the oxalate the patient goes into the shock or must be given at least 20% of oxygen, even if cyanosis is not apparent. The samples are numbered you can raise the flow and of oxygen, kept on ice or you can lower the flow of nitrous oxide, thereby producing more rebreathing carbon dioxide accumulation, and so deeper respiratory These exertion. samples are analyzed in a holding blood gas apparatus. A measured sample of blood is placed in the bottle under an alkaline solution which will absorb any carbon dioxide. As the progresses, after various precautions, this blood is shaken and exposed to atmospheric air in the bottle. After During about this half an hour, oxygen is absorbed, and the absorption of oxygen is shown by a rise of the fluid level in a calibrated test. The, the amount of oxygen which is absorbed in the concentration is thus measured. But we usually need to turn it from the oxygen. set up in Britain since 1939. Men and women come to the depot in their own time, on their way to and from work. Clerks, typists, housewives, factory workers, shopkeepers, city workers. To become a donor, you must be between the ages of 18 and 65. When you arrive at the depot to register, we take your name and address, details of your health, and a drop of blood from your ear or finger. This drop of blood is taken to the laboratory where we find out which group you belong to. After registering, you can come to be bled at the depot. You are given your index card, which records your blood group, health details, where you can be found in an emergency, and how often your blood has been given. You go to a large room where bleeding takes place on couches, separated by screens. Each donor has a nurse in attendance, and the doctor passes from one to another down the line. The skin of your arm is first cleaned. The doctor then gives you a local anesthetic, so that you will not feel the prick of the needle through which the blood will be drawn off into a bottle. The discomfort of the anesthetic is slight, and passes off almost at once. Bleeding lasts about five minutes, and three quarters of a pint of blood is taken. Your bottle of blood is then labelled and taken off to the refrigerator. After bleeding, you rest for 10 minutes and are given sweet tea and biscuits. Then you are ready to carry on your day's work. None the worse for your gift of a pint of blood, which your body will rapidly make good. The blood transfusion service visits people on war work who can't spend time to come to the depot. Donors own road and a drop of blood for grouping taken on the spot. So in an emergency, we can call on the whole factory stop because we already know about that blood. We also visit surrounding towns and villages to lead donors. We make a village hall 
looked like a corner of our main depot. Doctors and nurses go around the village collecting donors. In this way, a community of blood donors is built up in town and country. The garbage is where the blood is to be used. At the end of the day, all the blood is stored in the depot refrigerator until needed. It is blood collected like this which saved the lives of countless civilians during the great air raids on Britain. The amplitude of all the waves increases during inspiration. The vital venous pulsation ceases when the jugular veins are compressed to the root of the neck. Light pressure of the finger against the root of the external jugular vein distends the upper part of the vessel. On removing the finger, the vein collapses to the level of the mean jugular venous pressure. Sir Thomas Lewis pointed out that the most satisfactory reference point from which to measure the venous pressure was the sternal angle, because this was about five centimeters above the center of the right atrium in both horizontal and vertical positions. With reference to the sternal angle, the venous pressure swings around the mean level of about minus two centimeters in the horizontal position, but the range is considerable. Indeed, in this normal subject, the maximum systolic level, which happens to be A, is plus 3.5 centimeters. Let us now look at some abnormalities of the venous pulse. A giant A wave, abrupt and collapsing in quality, and measuring between 6 and 15 millimeters of mercury above V, is usual in tricuspid stenosis and atresia, but is equally characteristic of severe pulmonary hypertension and severe pulmonary stenosis. It is palpable and transmitted to the liver and tends to be increased by inspiration. Here is a case of mitostenosis with severe reactive pulmonary hypertension due to a high pulmonary vascular resistance. The giant A is well seen in the right internal jugular pulse and measures about six centimeters above the sternal angle. On inspiration, its amplitude increases even though the mean right atrial pressure may fall. severe pulmonary valve stenosis with normal aortic root. He has a conspicuous A-way. The cyanosis is due to reversed into atrial shunt, also the slight clapping of the fingers. You see the venous pulse is moving the lobe of the ear. That the large venous wave is presystolic can be seen by timing it against the temporal arterial pulse which may be observed just in front of the ear. It is shown very clearly there. From this angle, the height of the A wave may be compared with the height of V, which can also be seen just there in the supraclavicular fossa. You can see V just coming up. The giant A wave also occurs in tricuspid atresia, particularly when associated with a foramen ovale rather than a large atrial sepal defect. That was the case in this cyanose girl. 
The degree of clubbing emphasizes the low level of the arterial oxygen saturation. The giant airwave is well seen. Timed against the carotid pulse, it is obviously pre-systolic. The time relationship between the venous and arterial pulses may be analyzed by inspection in this closer view. You can see the arterial pulse in that uh, shadow there, just below the lobe of the ear. The powerful right atrial contraction responsible for the giant A-wave is due to increased resistance to right ventricular filling acting over a long period of time. It serves to increase the contractile force of the right ventricle in accordance with Starling's law, which states that within certain limits, the force of cardiac contraction varies directly with the length of the muscle fibers at the end of diastole. The giant A-wave rarely occurs in pulmonary hypertension when there is free communication between the ventricles, as in tetralogy on the left there and Eisenmenger's complex on the right. Here is the child with tetralogy, and you see very little in the neck, just a very small A-wave. Here is the patient with Eisenmenger's complex, and in these circumstances, the right ventricular systolic pressure never rises above systemic level and the right ventricle is able to adapt itself to this ceiling with little help from its atrium. Haunted Burlington, rainbow vortex of the Burlington area. Burlington, built on an ancient burial site. Haunted houses, ghosts.
Normally, nothing to worry about. There you are, kid. I told you. Pushing through the market square. So many mothers sighing. Views had just come over. We had five years left crying. News guy wept and told us. Was really dying. Cried so much his face was wet. Then I knew he was not lying. I heard telephones, opera house, favorite melodies, song boys, toys, electric irons and TVs. My brain hurt like a warehouse. It had no room to spare. I had to cram so many things to store. Everything in there, and all the fat, skinny people, and all the tall, short people, and all the nobody people. So many people Girl my age went off ahead If some tiny children If the black hadn't pulled her off I think she would have killed them A soldier with a broken arm of a Cadillac. A cop knelt and kissed the feet of a priest, and a queer threw up beside of that. I think I saw you in an ice cream parlor, drinking milkshakes cold and long, smiling and waving and looking so fine. Don't think you knew you were in the song.
This is Isotopica and this is what you have been listening to. You've been listening to the second in my David Bowie specials. Not an homage, not a documentary, nothing but something bouncing off the rather vast presence of David Bowie, which well, I didn't even notice he was here for the last few years. Ha! Much like many of us. Now he's gone. Damn! Not good. If any of the issues raised in today's edition of Isotopica affect you personally and you wish to discuss this, you can phone up our helpline, which is available by a hashtag Isotopica or our website www.theculture.net. If you go there, you'll be able to find previous episodes of Isotopica, how to subscribe to iStopka through iTunes. You can find it also on all the Resonance and Resonance Extra websites. Um, Hashtag Twitter. I think I probably said that. Keep the emails coming because you know, that kind of feed backwards and forwards makes me think I'm not sitting at my kitchen table waving a paintbrush in the air while talking to a Zoom microphone, although that is actually what I was doing. Um, By the way, in reference to David Bowie, everyone here this week, we all painted our finger and toenails very, very bright red and some purpley kind of colour. It's the least we could do. I hope you've done something similar. So, keep the feedback coming. Listen to the repeats on Extra Resonance. Resonance Extra. We're now available on Dad. Blah, 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 blah. This is me, Simon Tishko, signing off for another seven days. And if I'm not mistaken, next week I will have, if all the files come in, a Clapton Ensemble New Music, New Chamber Music special recorded live um, at St. Leonard's Church in Shoreditch last weekend is rather spectacular and unexpected series of performances which are listed somewhere on my website www.theculture.net so something to look forward to next week in the meantime keep safe keep tuned to one of our many outlets here at Resonance FM and DAB and uh, And of course, the one thing we've really got to hope for this week is that David Bowie doesn't die again. Because quite frankly, I don't think I could cope. Could you? Catch you later. Bye. This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.